Stand up with me real quick. Thank you for standing. You know, sometimes in a church service, I don't know if you've experienced this, and maybe I can explain some of that to help you. An overwhelming presence starts to fall. It's like, it's like it falls. And well, that's the presence of God. It's something that's weightier than you. It's something that f- it feels weightier. And I just felt that as I was standing right there. It'll take a grown man and make him cry because he realizes his submission and the humility that's necessary to serve God. Not because God's king authority, because God's king love. And when you begin to experience that love, it forces, in a good way, you want to give that out. It's not something you just want. It's selfish when you hold on to it. That's not a God love. A God love forces you to want to give it away. And I want to give this away to you this morning. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that 15 years, many of you have been in this church. You've put up with the stuff. You've put up with their inadequacies. Because you love God. And I don't know how to express it anymore. I take, do not take for granted, even online, if you're watching online, I don't take for granted that your, your time came to just here. Not just to a building, but I think it's because of the power of God in this house has made a difference in your life. And I can't begin to tell you how much I'm sensing another level that Coastal needs to go to. And we're going to go the same way. The same way is love unconditionally, yield unconditionally, and be ready for change. (laughs) Nothing's changing major by tomorrow. But I just want you to know how much he loves you and I love you. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. Thank you so much for what I just was able to experience. Just a few minutes, humbled every time. And I just endeavor that as we minister from your word this morning, that we'll receive instruction, maybe correction, maybe a place in our life where we see you want to maybe bring to another place of platform. So we yield to your spirit, the great, mighty, master, architect of our lives. Holy Spirit, do what you do. Speak into our hearts. Show us how to do that and serve others and lead us along the way. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Thank you, sir. Sure do need that. Uh, Okay. Redirect myself now. All right, we're starting a new two-week series today called Solid Ground. Was that song set list the bomb or what? Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's just phenomenal, and I want to thank the team for doing such a great job on that. Uh, real quickly, let me do a couple things, just kind of uh, some uh, more appreciation. I want to thank Steve Garza 
and your team, David Pennington, did you get to go yesterday too? Stand up. Whoever went with these guys yesterday to Stumpy Point, stand up for me. I think these two guys took a team down there. These guys went down to the Methodist Church and, and restructured, reconstructed. Thank you, guys. It's their second time going. Uh, pastor John Bennett is the pastor down there, and we went a f- couple months ago and looked at his building, and I just happened to come across him in a, a pastoral meeting, and they needed help. The building is just, I mean, it's an old, it's flooded, a lot of things going on, and, and uh, I think Kellogg's came alongside with a lot of options and to help him do that freely without charge, and uh, he was texting me yesterday and just grateful that Coastal could come and do that, and uh, Steve, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, also, small groups. Who's in a small group? See your hands. Okay. Who's not in a small group? Let me see your hand. <laughs> uh, you still got time. Jump in one. They're out there. All exciting times. If you are, uh, what's our age group? Anybody? Married couple? Couples, if you're getting ready to get married. Hey, we get together at 6 o'clock today. Next two weeks, we're going to be coming here, get a little bit of teaching, a little bit of eating. Next week, we'll be going out to eat. So hook up with us at 6 o'clock if you want to come here and uh, grow in those relationships. As we start this thing, there's the, the solid ground. Here's a phrase that came into my heart as we got ready to do it. This series and the next series are probably the most exciting two series I think uh, I've just never been more excited to, to share with you. Uh, this one's on solid ground. It's getting into our home, building some strength up beneath the foundation of our household. But the next one's going to be on joy, which is still in development. Let me just say this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And uh, we're going to spend about four or five weeks on that. But uh, here's the phrase that came into my heart as we were talking about solid ground. There's just some things you've got to settle as a believer. And I'm going to share some things today. And, and, and listen, it may sound in its first presentation as matter of fact. And it is, matter of fact, so I don't want you to be offended in how I present that because there are some things that you just have to settle as a believer and as a Christian. And I'm going to be talking majority of the time to believers, to Christians, and how there's some things that if we're not careful in the world we live in right now, the world's coming at us really, really fast. Nobody's uh, not pertinent to that. Well, Psalm 127 verse 1, New King James Version reads this way. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Next scripture I want to read to you. Familiar? We all know them. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, New King James Version. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, talking about the scriptures, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. Say, I'm founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings, talking about the scriptures, of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Did you hear the last part of that? Didn't say it was just going to fall. Said great was its fall. So we want to know how to not have that great fall. Because you will have times in in your life as a believer, you will fall, he'll pick you back up. But the great falls are a little bit more difficult to get back up from. We want to do our best to not go there on that. So a couple things I want to read to you out of my heart, just to kind of summarize that. It's important as a believer to build your home, your family, and your parenting on a solid foundation of Christ. So that when the tides rise and the storms come, our house, say my house... Our life and all it represents is secure. 
Storms will come and winds will blow, but we must be like a wise man again who builds his house on the solid rock versus sand. We must first build our faith on the foundation of something. Proverbs 24, verse 3. Through wisdom, a house is built. You're going to need to know some things. Through knowledge, my house will be built. And by understanding, it's established. It becomes stable. The word uh, understanding means that's what makes it stable. That's what makes it secure. And so again, there's some things that you just got to settle. So here's where I want to go with this so far. The past few months as your pastor, I've been really just uh, reflecting on a lot of things about Coastal. I've been asking this question because I think I know it, and sometimes you can assume more than you know, think you know, and who are we? Who are we as a church? Who are you? Who are you when you're out there in that community, when you're living on the Outer Banks? Who are you on the job? Who am I on the job? Who are, who are you in your marriage and your relationship and your kids? Is this thing really setting in for us? Are the scriptures making a difference in our life? Not people, scriptures. Am I applying those scriptures in such a way that they, they uh, when, when um, let me just be honest with you, man. My household, if I can be really transparent with you, very quickly for one time, it's been challenged the past few months. She fell off her rocker first. I got zapped with a pinched nerve three weeks ago, and the only way I could teach to you was to stand like this because I couldn't move. You didn't know it. I was, be honest with you, I was juiced up on Advil. Sorry about that. Been a long three weeks. Mother-in-law, in-laws came and live in our house. The dynamics of my household is a lot different than it was. It's amazing. Don't, get, don't take that the wrong way. Mother-in-law's hacking her brains out, you know, from congestion and stuff. And then Pastor Tiffany chose to eat the peanut butter. <laughs> Enough said. The peanut butter all came out, trust me, in the past few weeks. But because I know the scriptures... Because I'm confident in what they say, and in the song we sang, we've been able to stand and see that we overcome in the midst of that moment. I'm just saying that there's fights that come. You have to decide and settle some things when they come. I've been thinking along this line, and as we've been asking, look, I said this to myself. We've come out of COVID now, okay? As a church, we've been on a pathway to build people's lives back together and to get you established back into the importance of this community, of church community. In fact, I think because we are a strong community in this church is why we came through COVID and we were better and we went higher. We were stronger financially, stronger than ever. But, the, you know, there's a lot that's changed in the last two years, and so we have to be honest with that and say that there's a lot of confusion and chaos. There's a lot of things out there trying to redefine who we are. Even our Constitution is being challenged. The foundation of who we are. There's a lot of things to, that are um, a loss, losses maybe out there because of that virus moment that happened, or a lot of losses, but I want to step beyond that because we need to move beyond that moment. I think there's even been some losses in the standards that we're living as Christians. Our morals, moral living, and accepting things biblically. Here's what I mean by that. There's a lot of acceptance with compromise, forgetting that there's consequences to sin. So number one, as we begin to build on this foundation, here's, the, here's, here's my number one concern. I believe there's an attack against the Bible and the power of God and the importance of that in our lives. People are becoming more consumer-based 
online because they get church online. Here's the difference in church, in-house church and, and online service. Online's consumer. I'm there for me. Me and my small family. I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Pat, uh, Tiffany told me the other day, just one of our services, I think it was hers, 10,000 people watched that or at least viewed that. 10,000 in one. So the vehicle's amazing, but if we're not careful, it's consumer-based. I'm there for me. Church in-house should be service-giving base, not consumer-based. I'm here because something's happening inside of me. I'm here to give the pat on the back, the shake of the hand, the smile of the face, receive from the service a little, and take that and give it out. There's your difference there. But I'm concerned that that's being challenged, not just the, the, the gathering of church as much as the word and the power of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Some things you just got to settle. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Without love, unforgiving. I'm in an NIV translation. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with those people. There's something you probably hear from us from every time you come, and I, and I, and I don't want you to ever get tired of it because it's, you have to settle this. Reading your word, reading your word, reading your word is critical to the life that you live. Listen, I'm comfortable with people. I told you this will be matter of fact on the front side. Next week, come back. Dad's going to be awesome. We're going to go out and charge it. But we've got to settle some things. I'm comfortable with people missing church, the gathering in the community of that. Online or in-house. Okay, I get that. Here's where I get concerned. Sometimes we build into our lives missing church once. I've got to have family time that Sunday. Awesome, I want you to. Some of you build that twice a month into your life. We've got to have that family time. Awesome, great. I'm concerned when it becomes three, and I come once. But I don't even really care about you missing church as much as I am. Here's where I get concerned. When it's the only time you hear or read the Word is when you do come to church. It's critical. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and it's profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin. For correction of error and restoration to obedience. Why do you think he's saying this? Because we're going to do this. For training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, not religion, but publicly and privately behaving honorably with a personal integrity and moral courage. Here's my major concern number two. I really wish I put this as number one. The lack of knowledge of the word of God in the average believer. Hosea 4, 6, Amplified. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. My law, where I reveal my will. When something comes against you, something comes to you, to challenge your faith, whether that's uh, morally, whether that's historically, whether that's life living experience, th without knowing the will, you will probably yield to compromise. Hosea 4, 6, the message translation. Some things we just got to settle. My people are ruined because they don't know what's right and true. Is that being challenged right now? One translation actually says people are silenced and made dumb. Your faith 
it works by what you believe and what you confess and what you say. And you don't think the enemy has an understanding of that? If he can get your words from coming out of your mouth and question your faith and your belief, he'll destroy and knock your house down every single time. Hosea 4.6. Simply look at somebody and say, you need to know your Bible. Foundational principle number one. When all hell breaks loose in my life, I need to know where am I going to live? How am I living? Where am I going to walk? How am I going to have victory? How am I going to live continuing to have that eternal perspective in my life? Why? Because there are storms that are coming. Your beliefs, your confidence, and maybe even your moral compass will be challenged in the days to come. So prayer is important. Worship is important. Don't, don't, don't exclude those. Man, come out to prayer on Tuesday, Tuesday. We go Wednesday night now, don't we? Come out to prayer on Wednesday night, man. The power of God falls in that house. But that's not what's most important. Knowing and reading your word is critical. It's foundational to having a solid ground foundation in what you're living in today. Here's my point. There's some things that need to be solid foundation in your life as a believer, and it starts by knowing your word. I want to transition from that. I think you understand that. You've heard us say that over and over again. But I have to start there when it comes to solid foundation. There's some basic elementary truths that are foundational in the scriptures. And really, you can find them in one chapter, and we're going to look at them. Basic elementary truths and principles that we live by as a believer, we're to know these. Matter of fact, the Bible is going to actually show us that, that, that these, are not, these are considered the milk of the word, not the meat of the word. This is milk. It's time to come off of mom. And like I said, I make a pre-qualifier. If you're one year into this thing, time to come off. Let's start growing. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. You've been believers so long. The writer here is going to show us what this means. You, the, you've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics about God's Word. I'm going to do that for us. I'm not saying your children. I'm just going to kind of go within the context of this. Is that all right? You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solitude is for those who are mature, who through straining have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And then you transition right into chapter 6. It's, it's as if there's no, no break. It's the continuum of that conversation. Verse 1, he says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go instead and become mature in our understanding. There's that word again. Let's get established in these things. Let's become stable. Let's bring these things firm in our life. And here's what we're going to do. There's six things that are listed here that are basic, that are elementary truths. You can spend weeks on every single one of them. I'm going to fly through them. I'm going to give you four of them today and two of them next week. So uh, I'll do the first one, skip two, and do the last, and then we're going to be, we'll be done for today. But I want you to question yourself as we talk about these things do I know what these mean? You read them from King James or New King James surface value, it might be a little confusion to you because you've not dug into, we've not dug into maybe some of their clear meaning. But let's continue on. Here's what he says. Therefore, here they are. Leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of, here they are, the repentance from dead works, of faith towards God. We'll talk about that next week of the doctrine of baptisms, talk about that next week, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, 
and of eternal judgment. Do we know what these things mean? Can I stand up here with Pastor Stephen and do exactly what I'm doing to this group of people? Probably not. It's a place, it's an office. I'm not asking you to do that. But can I do that in the workplace side by side with somebody when I'm eating lunch? And somebody asked me a question about eternal judgment. Can I answer their question? Well, you know, I just stay away from that because, you know, it's kind of confusing, you know. It's either pre-trib, post-trib, you never know. Just jump on board and take a chance with me and hopefully we'll go. <laughs> How hard is that? Hmm? So, seriously. So, let's look at number one. You ready? I'm being honest with you. This is a little teachy. So, so pull in with me. A little teachy today. Inspiring next week. Come back. If you don't want to get to teach today, go ahead and walk out. I won't be offended, but it won't bother me a bit. We'll just pray for you as you go. <laughs> Repentance. We got to know it, guys. Got to know it. Elementary. Basic. Repentance from dead works. And in today's culture, listen to me, guys. I'm telling you right now, repentance is really getting laxed. I just repent and it's all over, but they never change. Because the word repentance is, comes from the Greek word manonia, and it means I change. It means I was going this way, I realized sin, I realized maybe compromising to my Christian walk, this is not a good thing, so I repent. Father, I thank you that I'm born again, I repent. I didn't ask for forgiveness, I said I repent. And I change, and I go this way in what I think, how I talk, how I walk, and I don't go back to it. I turn immediately. Now, there's always grace for the second time you do it. There's always grace for the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. But every, you know what? You keep doing the same thing over and over again, and what are you going to be? Insane. And then you become calloused. And then it becomes accepting. Then it becomes compromise. Then it becomes doors that you used not to open. Then it becomes doors that, that you just kind of let slip. Oh, it's okay. It's okay for them to do that. I don't need to talk to them about that. It's their life. and their No. Do you know Scripture to tell them why that's going to destroy their life? And do you love them enough? Love them enough to love them through, love them out, and keep loving them through. If you have a lifestyle of repent. To change and turn, you'll present that same lifestyle to other people. Not religion. Not do's and don'ts and, hey, turn, make God to be a devil in their life. No, no, no. Talk to them about the love. Here, listen to me. <clears throat> Repentance is really saying this. God's right. That is so good. Bottom line. In everything that I come up against in life. <laughs> make it a little more clear. God's right. Say this. I need a Savior. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here's what repentance really means. Let the Bible define what sin is, change and repent from it. Just let it be. If, it's, if, if, if sin is, if it's not, don't be rude, guess what? Don't be rude. If it means don't fornicate, guess what? Don't fornicate. Don't keep thinking that this is okay and I can stay within this relationship and it's just easier for us right now to do this. Financially, it makes more sense for us to do this because we're getting prepared for that one day. You've got a few months here opening up the door to the enemy. And the Bible says, don't do this. If it's adultery, 
Sin. What does the Bible say? Here's where we get sin and, and, and the works of the flesh confused. There's the sin of born-again experience where I'm unsaved, I repent and I turn from that, but then there is the work of the flesh, which is sin in motion. And when I allow that sin in motion to have its course, it opens the gateway for the enemy to come in into my life and bring destruction. This is the baptism of repentance. This is the, the, the work of dead works. We have to come to that place to where foundation number two Number one was the word. Foundation number two is this. That I'm going to live a life of repentance. I'm going to live a life allowing the scriptures to define sin. And when I see that, because I, I, I love people, God loves me, I love serving God, I'm just going to say, about face, 180, Woo! but don't go 360. Not exciting, is it? But you need to settle it and walk away from it. But more importantly, settle it. Can I tell somebody that in love? Number four, the, the uh, laying on of hands. Three main purposes of the instructions of the scripture of laying on of hands. Number one, to speak spiritual blessing to someone. Mark chapter 10, verse 16. He took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. He empowered them. Number two, purpose of laying on of hands. Do you know this? Do you do this? To encourage people to make a difference, point of contact, setting them apart. You see that when you put people in ministry sometimes. But it's more than just putting people in ministry. How about standing up and giving... Joe and um, Seth, stand up. Seth, yep, Joe, stand up. Give him a pat on the back. Say, man, I love you. You just laid hands on him and changed his life and empowered him. We underestimate the power of the contact of the hand. And the Bible says there's a, a, a ministry, elementary, basic truth of laying on of hands, not touching bodies so much that you get out of order. You know what I mean there. But, but when I go to this place, I'm going to do Mark 10, chapter 16. He took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. Acts 13, 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Ministering to people is part of laying on of hands. Mark 16, verse 18, they will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. A few weeks ago, three weeks ago, when that moment happened to me with my sciatic nerve, or not sciatic, that's Chase, my pinched nerve. Oh, Chase is a sciatic nerve. I, had to go to, I went to a pastoral uh, luncheon. I'm surrounded by pastors from all over North Carolina. Pastor Reggie Scarborough was there ministering. And I grew up with a respect in, in that kind of setting that I don't compromise on. You don't get up for nothing. If you got to pee, you hold it till it bursts. You just stay there. You, it's rude to get up and walk out when the word of God's been shared from a man of God. That's just how I was raised. And I, it's all I could do to just do them. And they actually said, well, you want to go out? And I said, no, we're good. The phone rang. Of course, I answered the phone. Chase had got lost out somewhere in North Carolina. That was a big deal, so I had to go help with that. But they knew what was going on. I cannot begin to you, tell you how important this scripture became to me because they called me up at the end of that, laid hands on me, and it became the pathway for me to overcome just a simple pinched nerve. The Bible says in, in James chapter 1, verse 15, Anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of church. Let them pray over him the prayer of faith, and they will be healed. Amen. 
From that moment, I began to walk that out into my life. There is a ministry of laying on of hands. So solid foundation number three, go out and be an ambassador for God. 2 Corinthians 5.20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Go out and speak blessing, encourage people, and minister to people's needs. Are you doing it? Question. <laughs> is it a foundation in your life? I don't know why I'm so thirsty. Number five. Basic elementary principle. The resurrection of the dead. Let me just say this to you real quick. You're going somewhere after death. I can't answer that for you. Only your salvation experience can answer that. But do you know where you're going? And can you tell someone else how to get there? If we can't tell somebody how to get there by simply being bold enough to just love on people, I'm wondering, I'm concerned, because these are basic, these are elementary. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind and have no hope. How many have ever been to a funeral? How many have ever lost someone dear to your life? How many know someone in this house right now that lost someone here within this past year? Can you serve them? Can you give to them? Can you just say, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you today. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of call of God, and the dead in Christ shall raise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Something to settle. Stand up with me. Won't you sing with me? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll see and shout the victory. How about this one? I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. You want to help me? <laughs> Come on. Uh -huh. Come on. You got to settle this. This is foundational. Fly away. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. Fly away. <laughs> when I die, hallelujah. Foundational principle number four. Tell somebody, live with an eternal perspective. I'm going to give you one more. 
This one's a little dark. We don't like this one. But you're going somewhere. Eternal judgment. Two scriptures. Romans 14, 10 through 12. For we will stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves. I'm going to take the time to read Revelations 20. This is elementary. We should know this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books, everybody say books, were opened. And another book was opened. There's another book, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done that was recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead, and they were in it. And the death and Hades gave up the dead, and they were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Foundational principle number five. Don't underestimate what you do today because it affects your tomorrow. Prepare to face God one day. I'll fly away. Let's sing it again. When I die. Hallelujah. Come on. I can't do it. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. I'll fly away. When I die. Hallelujah. Bye. some things to settle it's called the basics the elementary truths I can know it would take weeks to kind of expound on all of them but I give you the blip number one God's word has to be settled has to be in your life daily number two live a life of repentance number three be an ambassador lay hands on people come on live it with an eternal perspective prepare to face God Matthew 7 24 through 27 I'll let you go Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Every head bow, every eye closed. Father, thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the basics. Help us to grow and learn in them more. Give us opportunity to share and represent them out there when we walk in this place called the Outer Banks. Father, we do stand on the truth that my faith in God is what brings me through. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You're amazing. If I don't have to close, I'm going to close. Have a great day. We will see you next week. I'm Pastor Stephen. This is Pastor Tiffany. We just want to thank you for joining our online worship experience today. And uh, grateful to have you. We got some information that we want to pass on to you. Maybe you can connect up with us here real soon uh, back on another online worship experience. We'd love to connect with you. And if you just take a moment and download our Coastal Family Church app, you're going to find a great card on that section. Just take a moment and submit that and fill that out. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events we have. Maybe this is your first time with us, and again, we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's a several ways that you can give, also on our app or on our website. 
Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Stephen. Hey, we'll see you soon. You guys have a great day.